Would you like to hear my thoughts on the wars in Israel and Ukraine? If so, stay tuned for this Meaning of the Minds podcast. Hello, everyone. This is going to be a little bit of a different podcast because this is a topic that I am very biased and passionate about. To be as open and honest as possible, my position is that I'm a war hawk and an interventionist. And the reason that I am is because I am a pragmatist. I believe and understand that sometimes war is the unfortunate answer to certain situations. And in the case of both Israel and Ukraine, this is one of those times. Let me give you an analogy that will help you to understand the criminal mind that we're dealing with. And this also applies to Russia just as much as it does to the Israel situation and Hamas as well. I want to encourage you to picture yourself living in a neighborhood. This isn't any normal neighborhood. In this neighborhood, there's no government at all. There's no police that you can call. There's only you and your neighbors and your ability to get along together with them or not. And an important thing to keep in mind is that this is a very dangerous neighborhood as a result of that. On one side of you, there's a neighbor. Uh, let's call him Ivan. Ivan is a gangster. He's fat. He's slovenly. He's violent. He just sits and drinks vodka all day long. Ivan constantly tells you that because you speak the same language as him, that he owns your house. This seems fun and entertaining for a while until you wake up one day to the screams of your children and you run downstairs to find that Ivan and his family have now broken into your home and they're raping and murdering your children in one of the rooms downstairs. When you confront them, Ivan states again that the home is his. And he continues to attack you and your family. You somehow manage to barricade him into the room that he's broken into. And other neighbors hear about the break-in and a whole bunch of them encourage you to give up the room that Ivan and his family are in to Ivan and attempt to live in peace and harmony with him, even though he plans on remaining in your home. And it appears pretty likely that he's going to take over the rest of it and kill you in the process if you resist. On the other side of you, is another neighbor, and let's call him Muhammad. Muhammad is a very religiously devout man. He's so devout, in fact, that he forces his wife to cover her body at all times with sheets so that nobody can see her. She's resistant to talking with you and will never do something like shake your hand. She's not even allowed outside of the house without a male member of the household to escort her. And he's convinced her, due to a religion, that this is the right thing for her to do because it protects her from the other neighbors like yourself. In effect, she is his slave. Muhammad believes that because you do not have the same religion as him, that you are completely evil. He raises his children to hate and despise you. The family randomly fills up helium balloons and attaches explosives and then sends them over your fence to crash into your yard in the hopes that you or your family will pick them up and be injured or killed or it'll start a fire. They also create bottle rockets in their backyard that have large explosives on them, 
and they shoot them randomly into your yard in the hopes that they will also kill or maim you. You have to build a really strong fence in between you and Muhammad in order to keep him from attempting to kill you and your family. One day you wake up and find that Muhammad has broken down the fence in your backyard, and again, he's raping and murdering some more of your family. When you storm out of the house to stop him, he just runs into his backyard and starts screaming to the other neighbors that you threatened to kill him and his family. How would you respond if you lived in this neighborhood and had these neighbors? Remember, there's no police that you can call. There's nobody that you can turn to. There's no higher power here that will get you out of this situation. How would you respond if this actually happened to you? The only conceivable explanation that I can find is that you would do everything in your power to slaughter both Ivan and Muhammad and anyone else in their family or from any other neighbor that threatened you or your family. I'll tell you what I would do. The first thing that I would do is I would get a gun and I'd kill Ivan and Muhammad and anybody else that stood in my way. And if they took my gun, I'd go and I'd get a knife and then I'd stab them to death. And if they took my knife, I'd sharpen a stick. And if they took a stick, I'd go in with my bare hands and I'd strangle them to death. And I believe that this is what most of you would do as well if you truly understood the nature of the world in which we live. And this is, in fact, the world that we live in. It is a world full of Ivans and Muhammads that are all around us. And the only thing that stops people that are determined to enact violence on us is for us to enact violence on them or to increase their knowledge that vengeance and retribution is going to be quick and severe. There's an interesting tie-in between all of this and game theory. There's a strategy in game theory called tit-for-tat, and I won't go into all the specifics, but basically it sets the framework for an eye for an eye. And how it works is this. It's best to initially offer peace to someone that you're dealing with. But if your opponent attacks you, you need to attack them back. And time after time, trial after trial, it has been shown that this is the most effective strategy for dealing with situations like this. And it almost seems like tit for tat and game theory are a fundamental part of conscious existence. This is one of those unwritten fundamental rules that consciousness abides by. In short, people like Ivan and Muhammad or the people that they represent, namely Hamas and the Russian military and Vladimir Putin, these people are monsters. If you have any doubt about this, I encourage you to watch some of the footage of the Hamas operatives and what they did in the kibbutzes all across Israel. And I have no concerns about saying that there should be no mercy for monsters. There should only be the sword. I also believe that there should not be mercy for people that create monsters as well. People like Hamas and Russian military forces should be given the exact amount of mercy that they gave to grandparents, revelers, mothers, fathers, and babies that they raped, mutilated, and executed. Also, let's note that the people in Gaza specifically, they voted for this. In 2006, Hamas was voted into power by gaining about 44% of the vote in Gaza. And then they went out of their way to slaughter all of the other political opposition that was in Gaza at the time, and they refused to hold another election. So prior to the October 7th massacre, Hamas approval was about 38% in Gaza. 
But then in December, following the actual attack of October 7th, the support for Hamas rose to about 42%. 72% of Palestinian respondents believe that Hamas was correct to launch its October 7th onslaught. And there was about 82% of them in the West Bank and about 57% in Gaza that backed it. In addition to that, only about 10% said that they believed that Hamas had actually committed war crimes. And this polling was conducted by a Palestinian political scientist. His name was Khalil Shikaki. The people in Gaza actually raised their children to hate and kill Jews. It's an ingrained part of their culture. The IDF has found videos made by Hamas of them indoctrinating youth to fight against the Jews. They've also even found suicide vests fitted for children. And this is videos that Hamas has created themselves. This is propaganda that they have created. Hamas and the Russian military needs to be utterly annihilated. Israel should not stop until all threats from Hamas are completely eradicated from the earth. Also, I hope that Israel, Ukraine, and you either ignore popular media or perceive everything that they say about these conflicts with the most critical eye that you can possibly have. And the reason is that the media is political actors and they should not be trusted. They are propaganda arms of various political ideologies, primarily the left, and they are intending to subtly subvert the way that you think about these topics. In addition to that, Hamas and Russia are blatant liars, just like the media which supports their narrative. Do not believe a thing that they say, especially if there's something like a number attached to it. There is no reason to pay attention to anything that comes out of their mouths. The reported hospital attack in Gaza is the perfect example of this and how it was amplified by the liberal media. In short, on Tuesday, October 17th, the Gaza Health Ministry reported that an Israeli airstrike killed about 500 people outside of a hospital. Videos and pictures from the scene should have immediately indicated that the blast was nowhere near strong enough to kill that many people. But media outlets across the globe spewed this lie, which then caused protests across the globe, specifically in Muslim populations. Investigations later on determined that the blast had in fact been caused by a failed rocket, which was actually fired from Gaza with the intent of striking Israel. And I encourage you to look up the pictures of this explosion, and you can see that there's cars within dozens of feet that are undamaged. There's no fucking conceivable way that 500 people could be killed in a situation like that unless they were literally packed in like sardines, which they were not. The actual number of casualties is totally impossible to determine, but I assure you that it was nowhere even close to 500. And also, let's remember, it was caused by the Palestinians themselves. Another completely insane aspect of this is how political these different wars have become in America. I find it absolutely insane that liberals currently have a war in Ukraine that they support, and conservatives have a war in Israel that they support, but no one generally supports both or neither. Oh, and by the way, if you think that Biden's going to continue to support Israel if they lay waste to Gaza for months on end, while blue-haired lunatics in their party cry shrilly and ever louder that queers for Palestine support the resistance against Zionist apartheid, you are completely mistaken. This is an empirical claim that I believe very strongly will be proven correct. 
And this is just as true, by the way, if you're a nutcase conservative who thinks that COVID was a conspiracy and believes that the only reason that America is shoveling billions of dollars in military aid to Ukraine is because Joe Biden and Hunter are somehow getting reimbursed from Burisma. This is clearly an aspect of nothing but political tribalism with very little thought or consistency behind it. If you believe in one of these things but not the other, I think that you've been conned by your ideological tribe. As far as Hamas, they're killing their women and children specifically for political gain and without any type of remorse. Their people mean absolutely nothing to them. Palestinians are the height of victim hypocrisy. The arguments I hear against these wars vary in their levels of absurdity. I hear the term, you can't kill an idea from pundits all the time. And that's true. You can't kill an idea, but you can kill the people with the ideology. And if you kill enough of those people, the ideology can fail. Nazi Germany and Japan post-World War II are perfect examples of this. Another argument that I hear is, you're just creating new terrorists. And to be honest, who gives a shit? We could just kill them as well. I'm not terribly worried about that. Another argument against these wars is that this is just going to go on forever. Are we supposed to fight these wars for eternity? Is this just always going to go on? And the answer again is, yeah, exactly. This will go on for as long as it takes for us to win. Again, if you think back to that analogy of you living in the neighborhood and having your neighbors attempt to murder you and take your home over, if I was that person that had Ivan in my house butchering my family and threatening me and telling me to give him possession of parts of my home, my answer is absolutely not. And I don't care if it takes the rest of my shortened life, I'm going to do everything in my power to fight against you in order to end your existence or get you to surrender and leave. Nothing will dissuade me from that goal. Ultimately, criminals only respond to power and the threat of reprisal. Peace is only secured by men with guns that are willing to kill other men with guns. And I'm sorry for the feminists out there, but that's basically what it boils down to. People don't want to admit this, especially in our happy little world full of digital devices that help to take our mind off of what the reality of the world is. But this is the absolute truth of our lives. This is a fundamental aspect of human existence that violence and the threat of violence is a basic experience that human beings have and a basic way that we unfortunately relate to one another. And the only way to counter that is through other violence or the threat of violence. History shows that you can win these types of wars, but in order to do it, you have to utterly break your enemy. You have to crush their spirit and kill typically vast numbers of them. Again, good examples of this is World War II Germany. So it lost about 10% of its entire population over the course of World War II. Think about that. The population was literally decimated during that war. It's estimated that about 50% of German fighting age males were either killed or injured in the war. 50%. The country was almost completely destroyed. Major cities were burned to the ground with incendiary munitions or blown completely to rubble. But now, Germany's one of the most peaceful nations that there is. And it's also, shockingly, a huge ally of America who, as we're all aware, was one of its main opponents. 
Why don't you hear about continued Nazi death squads or Japanese suicide bombers? It's because the ideologies that found root in those societies was completely obliterated. And honestly, if people like this are religiously motivated to kill you, that even justifies their death even more because you cannot argue against someone's God. I love the idea that I've heard several people talk about, including Sam Harris, when he mentions that you can picture an Israeli man facing a threat by putting his child behind him, whereas Hamas faces threats by placing their child as a shield in front of them. And I specifically like Sam Harris's point as to what would happen if a Jew held their child in front of them. As far as a Palestinian is concerned, this is the perfect two-for-one option. They basically have two victims directly in front of them. The concept itself is just totally absurd. I plan on doing a future podcast in support of the idea of retribution. In summary, I say, free Palestine from the river to the sea, free it from their elected leaders and their authoritarian, violent, and misogynistic culture and religion and their terrorist ideology. In addition, free Ukraine from the tyranny of Putin and the gangster oligarchs of Russia. And death to monsters.